minutes after the hour. Good afternoon. This is the Around the House program. Glad you're with us. Beautiful day in the Rocky Mountains. I went for a walk this morning. It was just glorious to see Pikes Peak right out there with a blue sky behind it, covered with snow. It's just a beautiful place to live, isn't it, Chris? It really is. Very much so. Yeah. Pikes Peak is its amazing, the colors and the how it changes, almost like it has a personality. My favorite time is when it's pink in the morning when the sun's coming up, but in the afternoon with the orange sun uh, sunset behind it, oh man, can't beat it. Right, that's why one of the reasons, one of the many reasons we're here. Right, beautiful Pikes Peak and and the mountains in general. Um, let's see here. I wanted to start with something a little cute, and I and I don't have the header for this. Somebody sent this to me on an email. I wish I had it. And it's these are kind of clever and funny all at the same time. It's titled "When Insults Had Subtlety." These glorious insults are from an era before the English language got boiled down to four-letter words. So I liked some of these, and these are all by famous people you've heard of. Uh, you know, obviously Winston Churchill and and uh, oh, I don't know, uh, May West, those kinds of Mark Twain. Okay, here we go. Winston Churchill said, he has all the virtues I dislike and none of the vices I admire. That's pretty clever. Clarence Darrow, I have never killed a man, but I have read many obituaries with great pleasure. (laughs) That's good. He has never been known to use a word that might send a reader to the dictionary. That's William Faulkner talking about Ernest Hemingway. Mark Twain said, I didn't attend the funeral, but I sent a nice letter saying I approved of it. Oscar Wilde, he has no enemies, but is intensely disliked by his friends. This is George Bernard Shaw, pretty much of a wise guy in his own right, to Winston Churchill. Sent him a letter. I'm enclosing two tickets to the first night of my new play. Bring a friend if you have one. Cannot possibly attend first night. Will attend second if there is one, said Churchill. That's pretty clever. Stephen Bishop, I feel so miserable without you. It's almost like having you here. Paul Keating, I'm not sure who I know who that is. He is simply a shiver looking for a spine to run up. Uh, let's see here. Mark Twain said, why do you sit there looking like an envelope without an address on it? That's good. Mae West, she was a character in her own right back in the, I guess in the 30s. His mother should have thrown him away and kept the stork. <laughs> That's pretty good. John Bright, he is a self-made man and worships his creator. Um, let's see a couple more of these. Oscar Wilde said, some cause happiness wherever they go, others whenever they go. Oh, my. Billy Wilder said about a composer, he has Van Gogh's music for ear. Uh, ear uh, let's start over again. Billy Wilder said he has Van Gogh's ear for music. Got those. Blew that one. That. You get the idea. Yeah, thank you. Oh, you were very quick on that, Chris. Thank you. Groucho Marx said, I've had a perfectly wonderful evening, but I'm afraid this wasn't it. That's pretty good. Let's see. I think I got I got all of them. Anyway, um, just thought you might enjoy uh, some. some. Oh, yeah. Irvin S. Cobb, and I'm not sure who that is, said, I've just learned about his illness. Let's hope it's nothing trivial. Okay. I thought you might enjoy those. That's bef- that's well. Well, you had to be clever insulting people instead of just calling them by calling them a name, which is 
kind of the scheme we used today, I guess, isn't it? 719-473-1240 is our phone number. We'd love to have you check in with us. Today was a pretty good week. Weather-wise, we're kind of back to normal Rocky Mountain-type weather. I tried to water my lawn, Chris, this week, uh, winter watering. I always talk about winter watering. But for the first time, I've lived in this house almost 20 years, my sprinkler system was froze up. The water would just not go through it. And that's never happened before, which tells you that that five, four or five days of zero or below zero weather just kind of froze the soil and froze the pipes and hopefully nothing is broken. Then we got this great four inches of snow. And so I'm happy. My lawn's happy. I'm, I'm sure. Um, did you, I don't know if you were looking outside, Chris, on th- uh, Thursday night, which was a full moon night. It was gray and a real low overcast, but the full moon behind the clouds made it lit up like it was uh, almost like a, uh, I've been in, in, in Alaska when at 11 o'clock at night, you have that kind of twilight look in the world. Same look on Thursday night. It was beautiful to look outside and see all those clouds kind of backlit by the full moon. And full moon, of course, last night was very, very bright. So I thought that was a great, I don't know if you saw it or not, but. The full moon can do a lot of wonderful, wonderful things, can it? Let's see. Let's let's get going here on, on some email. Uh, oh, we might as well get this out of the way. I was, we were talking before we went on the air. I cut a month, uh, a weekly rather promo for the program every. Do it on usually Sunday or Monday to run during the week. And the promo this week was about snowbirding. Being a snowbird, which a lot of you are, I know you go to. Arizona is a favorite place on the East Coast. Folks go to Florida. Some people, Texas, down there on on the Gulf in Texas. Anyway, not so much anymore. There's a lot of people coming the other way, but that's another another subject. But if you're going to be a snowbird, we want to just spend a little few minutes here talking about a few tips when you're going to be a, a snowbird. And, you know, especially this comes to mind after the weather we had a couple weeks ago of Uh, Well, I guess it's been only about 10 or 12 days ago of zero or even below zero temperatures. You got to worry, of course, most of all about the plumbing in your house. Now, there's kind of two versions of snow snow birding. One is you just close the house up and leave. Another one is, of course, to have a neighbor come in, water the house plants, check things. And that's, of course, is a much better arrangement. Some people live in townhomes and other environments where they just want to come and go and not have to mess with having somebody come in. So if nobody's going to come into your house while you're gone snowbirding, the number one thing, of course, is to protect the the plumbing pipes because they can freeze and, you know, then you got a real mess on your hands. The first thing to do, and I've done this at my house and I would rec- highly recommend it, is to get some sort of a water alarm. You can get it uh, you can get several in the house if you want. They they do sell versions uh, that will call your cell phone. So you can put them down in the basement uh, near the furnace and the water heater. You can put them in various, in the crawl space. If you have a crawl space, put it behind the washing machine in the kitchen. Wherever you think there, might, there could be a leak, you can uh, go to Amazon or call your alarm company and get a water alarm that when it gets wet will... Alarm, of course, it'll send a local alarm, like a little howling siren, but it will also uh, call your cell phone. 
So you can, then you can call a neighbor and so on. So, so I think it's a good deal to have a water alarm. But you're not going to need one if you do the following. And we'll talk about the, about the rest of the scheme. If you're going to have, if no one's going to come in the house while you're gone, the thing to do is to get the water pressure out of your plumbing pipes. And you do that by simply turning the main water valve off downstairs in your utility room or wherever. Because sometimes it's under a sink someplace. That kind of, you got, you, of course, you know where you're water shutoff is that just gets the pressure out of the pipes then you go to the lowest bathroom and open up a hot and cold water faucet to drain to to, to drain a little water out of the system so there uh, the pressure is totally gone and that's all you need to do and if there is some kind of a freeze up or problem with your plumbing of course there won't be a flood so that's the number one thing now if somebody's going to come in the house and water your plants of course that's uh you just leave the water on and turn the thermostat down to a low level. I like 60, but you know, if you want to get on a 55, that would be okay, but no lower than 55. And then somebody can come in and water the plants and flush the toilets and run water once a week into all the drains. It's important, your bathtub and kitchen sink and so on to run water in those drains to keep the traps full of water. So you don't get sewer gas in the house. So that's kind of the, the deal on plumbing. Uh, people say, "Well, can I just turn my furnace totally off and you know and 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 save energy and it'll save energy, but it's not good for the house. It's not good for the plumbing because you can risk freeze ups in hidden spaces. So you always want to leave a little residual heat on in your house. You open the cabinet doors on outside walls, which are if there's a sink on your outside walls, open those cabinet doors uh, and just take whatever precautions you need to to protect that plumbing now. Again, if you're going to go away, turn the water pressure totally off, the main water valve. You want to uh, get the drains uh, accommodated so you don't get sewer gas. You can take some Tupperware and invert it over your lavatory drain, your tub drain, your shower drain. The toilets are a special case. You want to get all the water out of the toilets with a, a coffee can or a turkey baster, whatever it takes to get the water out of the bowl of each toilet, and then stuff a, uh, a shopping bag, which are becoming rarer and rarer, aren't they, in our in our lives? Not so many shopping bags around as there used to be, but you get the idea. A plastic bag of some sort, uh, shove it in the hole of the toilet. That will uh, that will keep the sewer gas from getting in the house. I did notice, by the way, Chris, and I'm sure you have too, that they banned reusable. Uh, I'm sorry, they ban disposable plastic bags except in the produce department right by the bananas and mm-hmm. and uh cucumbers and things so those are still allowed which i'm so dog lovers they're perfect for poop a scoop of poop kind of idea yeah so that's good at least we have still have those um the honor system you don't want to take more than you need uh, you know but so right. be it i guess but um the world seems to have adapted to the no plastic bags hasn't it it seems to. Uh, yeah. slowly making progress in that. I have a couple of cloth bags that I drag into when I remember to do it into Walmart. But yeah, those plastic bags are still are still with us. So the toilet, uh, you, you get the water out of the toilet bowl and then stuff a plastic bag in there. And that'll pretty much take care of the plumbing. A couple of minor things. You want to lift up the ice maker uh, lever so it you know, doesn't call for water or doesn't call for you know making additional ice. And that takes care of the plumbing. Uh, security, of course, is important when you go away. You want to 
put lights on, uh, two or three lamps on timers. So they all uh, come on maybe different times of the evening, but you want them to all go off about 11 o'clock or so because nothing gives away uh, and advertises the fact that you're gone if the lights stay on all night long. So uh, keep the blinds open so the neighbors and the police can look in as, so they can you know so it doesn't hide any criminal activity. Um, the uh, turn on a, a loud talk radio uh, uh, station, I think it's important like this one and uh, that'll make some you know, some background voices in the house. And I hope you have by now, I've talked about this for a long time, motion detector outside lights. It's a big deal. Because they don't, again, if they, if your outside lights are burning all night, again, they know you're gone somewhere. Uh, but the motion detector lights work very effective to startle uh, anybody that wants to come up to the house. doesn't belong there. Rascals, miscreants, burglars, scum, whoever, whatever you want to call them, that want to rob your house. The motion detector lights. I have uh, two sets, actually three sets, uh, floodlights front and back and so they're very effective the deer come around and uh, it hopefully discourages them although i wouldn't bet on it deer are being very persistent stray cats of course will turn them on but they're very effective if you want to prevent crime at your house so that's kind of the bottom line on being a snowbird did you have something to add well i just remember seeing something earlier this week about a frozen toilet in uh, portland oregon somebody try to flip a coin in there and you hear the solid ice chunk in, oh, the, in the toilet they must have turned their heat totally off i, I think so yeah. yeah it's not a good idea as i say you risk freeze-ups and wall cavities hidden spaces but it's also hard on your woodwork and your furniture because wood that gets that cold will shrink and maybe won't return to its original uh you know you might open up cracks in hardwood floors so yeah that's not a, and that'll crack a toilet by the way that'll i don't know if the one you're talking about got cracked but that expansive expansive characteristic of ice will crack a toilet so yeah there's some thoughts for you on being a snowbird if you have some feedback on that or some questions give us a call 719-473-1240 and we will be back with some great email from this week right after this on around the house Got some good news this week. The Three Amigos Plumbing Company, that's a fun name, by the way, for a seriously professional plumbing company. They're getting feedback and and response from the advertising here on Around the House. I'm very grateful for that. This is a good company, veteran known, great reputation. But the point is, no sticker shock with Three Amigos Plumbing. Whatever, when you get the bill, it's what they said they were going to charge, and that's it. They want you as a long-term customer and refer you, have you refer them to your friends and family so call three amigos for anything simple like a uh, like a leaky faucet or even a brand new water heater sewer issues yeah they'll uh, do, give you a free tv camera look at your sewer line if you hire them to clean it so whatever you need in the way of plumbing without sticker shock from an honest ups, upfront company veteran-owned local company called three amigos plumbing you can't do better then my friends there at Three Amigos, 719-597-6763. That's 719-597-6763 for, for Three Amigos. From your faucet to your furnace and everywhere in between, Ken Moon has solutions around the house. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. Thank you, Laura. What is it now? It's 25 minutes after the hour on Around the House. Uh, we are um, glad you're with us. We'd uh, love it if you'd call in and check in with us 
here on the program. I've got a little fun fun EV thing here. Uh, a friend of mine uh, is invested in uh, Tesla, and uh, Tesla's not doing all that well lately. I, maybe it's just a temporary setback, but it seems like every day there's a little more negative comments about EVs and they not a good deal in the wintertime. And all, we've talked about that last week. Anyway, this is a little a tongue-in-cheek article on EV advertising in the future that I got off, uh, I think it was the American Thinker website, a future <laughs> advertisement for electric vehicles. You'll like this, Chris. Most of the EVs on the road today are charged by electric generating plants, and most of these plants are powered by fossil fuels. As we speak, they're tearing down dams, hydroelectric generating stations, and power plants in order to restore a more natural lifestyle for the environment and for the fish and, and all that. There are no plans to build more nuclear plants. You bought that EV to signal your virtue, so we are offering you a trailer with a windmill and solar panels. You just stand next to it, and people will see you have an EV, a windmill, and solar panels on this trailer. What more can anyone ask? You'll be cool if you simply park this rig in the front yard, charge your EV with it, and take your other car with a regular gas engine on long trips. Your neighbors will still think you're virtuous because you have an EV. I like that. So they'll start coming with a trailer with windmills and solar panels. Good Lord. Anyway, um, yeah, they, uh, there's a lot of um, uh, questions now about EVs. Apparently, they had big traffic jams. Uh, around uh, EV chargers in Chicago, right, Chris? We talked about that. Yep, last, they weren't last either week. weren't working, or they were taking too long to charge, or it was just too cold. Yeah, it yeah. was when, when they had that cold snap last week, and it, everybody was waiting in line, and the batteries were taking too long to warm up because it just can't uh, can't charge in those cold temperatures. Right, the battery apparently has to come to a certain temperature before it'll allow itself to be charged. Uh, and I guess there's some heaters in electric vehicles that, that do that. Just kind of a you know, batteries, of course, are nothing but a containment for a chemical reaction. And almost not all, but almost all chemical reactions slow down in the cold. And when it gets hotter, they do better up to a certain point. Now, my kids are in Phoenix and their car batteries don't last very long in Phoenix. Only a couple of years usually because it's so hot down there. But batteries don't charge well and don't provide power well or as well when it's cold so there's there's just all kinds of uh issues with electric vehicles and like you know here's the thing uh i i think they're a lousy idea for now but the there's an old saying that i love that i wish our political leaders would pay attention to we solve tomorrow's problems with tomorrow's technology so i'll give you just a quick example a lot of examples you know, they, they ran out of whale oil and they were panicking about what are we going to light our homes with? And along comes Rockefeller and all those guys and, and the Pennsylvania uh, oil strike. And then Texas and kerosene came along, then gasoline and so on. That was tomorrow's problems, tomorrow's technology. Uh, in the 70s and 80s, we were talking about a peak oil that we're just running out of oil or just no more oil. Oh, you know, tear your hair out. And... Um, uh, and, and just go hysterical. Well, of course, along comes fracking. That's tomorrow's technology. And now fracking, of course, has, uh, the administration now doesn't like it. Our Colorado administration and the national administration, but the 
point is fracking has allowed us to access almost unlimited supplies of oil and gas. So tomorrow's problems are solved by tomorrow's uh, technology. And that may be true of EVs. If the government will just back off and, and, and just let the market sort all this out and gradually absorb uh, the proliferation of EVs and the manufacturers will then have time to apply new technological methods to charging batteries and to longevity and extra, you know, the range of EVs is a problem how far they'll go. That'll all get solved or it won't. And EVs may go the way of Betamax uh, recorders, you know, and, and uh, LP records, although they're making a comeback. The LP's making a comeback. Yeah, it is. But very expensive, I understand. Yeah. Uh, the L- records are a lot more. When I was a kid, they were 79 cents for a 45 uh, RPM record with Elvis on it. But uh, Well, things are different these days. What's that? Yeah. the um, I, I don't want to get off on the LP records, but the, those EVs may or may not make it, but they certainly won't make it in a logical sequence if the government's involved uh, with a uh, with a tax rebates and incentives, free license plates and all that. And I read this week that Colorado is considering, or, or I, I wasn't, I'm not sure I can remember if it's already in effect or it's coming with a $5,000 credit for EVs in addition to the Fed's $7,500 credit for EVs. <clears throat> so if you need a second or third car, why wouldn't you buy one to run around town with but long trips forget it uh, i wouldn't want one in my in my life anyway so there's a, some you know i'm not a big ev fan but someday i might be if the technology will be allowed to catch up uh to uh the demand if there is one for electric vehicles so there you go it's enough preaching for this segment i'm not promising i won't preach in the next segment but anyway it's 29 minutes before the hour, 719-473-1240. We, by the way, wanna, we want to publicize the podcasts of the program are available online going back to, uh, I think, July of 22, right, Chris? Something like that. And so just go to my website, aroundthehouse.com, click on listen to podcasts or the krdo.com slash radio site, and you can listen and take them with you, whatever you would like. Uh, we'd love it if you'd, uh, if you would download podcasts. We, um, the response has been really great. Chris will, by the way, put up the podcast of today's program within oh, an hour or two after we go off the air. So there you are. We're all kind of caught up now. 719-473-1240 and um, aroundthehouse.com for live email. We'll be back right after this break right here on Around the House. Hey, you know what? Garage doors don't have to be boring anymore. You know, I know your garage door, if you've got an old tired one or it's been hailed on, you want to get it replaced. And let me recommend Wayne Dalton Sales and Service. Their showroom is easy to find, 1847 South Murray, right off of Fountain Boulevard. And when you go in there, you will believe and you can verify what I just said. They don't have to be boring Traditional or contemporary styles with wood grain, the uh, impression plank doors are just beautiful. So you can have one on your house and have it on sale, 150 off a double or 75 off a single door when you mention around the house. Wayne Dalton Sales and Service, the number one name 
in garage doors. They're also a genie dealer. You can check out that opener that's a door side opener with no hardware in your garage and not not as ugly as what you have now. Genie openers and beautiful garage doors. Wayne Dalton Sales and Service, 719-382-9227. From your roof to your foundation, around the house. Give them a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. Welcome back. 23 minutes before the hour on the Around the House program. We have George on line one. George, you're on the air with Ken Moon Around the House. What's going on today? Hey, Ken. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. So I had a uh, professional painter come in, and uh, he painted quite a few rooms already in my, my home. Yeah. And when he was going through, wherever there were drywall anchors, he would just take his putty knife and basically cut through the neck, pop the, uh, the, the, the rest of that plastic piece into the wall, patch it, and paint. Right. So I was going back, and I'm trying to reinstall the blinds afterward. And inevitably, those, um, those uh, brackets for the blinds are in the identical place. So oh, when I start drilling my holes, it's grabbing those old drywall anchors in there, and it's just basically you know, destroying that portion of the wall. Oh, and, uh, boy. So I stopped after the first one. Oh boy, um, what what kind of anchors were were they? Just a the little expanding plastic anchors were they? Yes. Okay. Oh, if you can, uh, how you lo- been locating the holes? Just with your tape measure? Uh, well, with, for the blinds, it's kind of easy because just go through the front of the uh, you know the um, the window the window sill is uh, basically all around. So I just uh, you know put it to the front top. Yeah. Yeah. And. Yeah, like I said, so I'm basically trying to hit the same exact spot where the old spots were. If I, you know, my preference was that he wouldn't have done that, but yeah, he didn't ask. Well, you know, uh, I've been doing this forever, and I'm not sure I would have no- mentioned it either. I, it, it just, you know, he thought he was being helpful, but obviously he wasn't. Well, I would, what I would probably try to do, George, is to push them on into the wall. If you can find the hole. Get a nail set or an awl or something that's, or just even a thin, very thin screwdriver and a hammer and just hit it so you pop that anchor back into the wall cavity and it'll just be there forever and then put a new anchor in its place, but you'll, but you'll, you'll have a small hole uh, to put the new anchor in. Does that make any sense? It does. I'll give it a try. I just wanted to kind of get a second opinion before i did even more damage because now i got to go back and pass yeah. the paint well i'll tell you i'll tell you a story that hopefully make you feel better i used to live in a 19 i think a 1909 or 1912 house i guess in pueblo uh it was of course all plaster and at the time i was married to an interior decorator and of course we had to have blinds and drapes and bl- drapes and blinds everywhere and you haven't lived until you've tried to Put a a, 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 a a you know a curtain rod anchor into plaster. Oh my goodness gracious! You you try to drill in it with a masonry bit, and it, all you hear is tinkle, tinkle, tinkle as the plaster uh, explodes and falls into the wall cavity. So I had a heck of a time. But um, so drywall is infinitely easier. I don't know if that's made you feel any better or not. But you know if you can. Uh, if you can maintain that hole, and this is the same idea, if the if the painter had never come there, and uh, if if um, uh, if you were installing the drapes for the or the blinds for the first time, uh, uh, if that uh, little anchor 
uh, got overexpanded or split or twisted, again, you would just simply pop it into the wall cavity and then use that hole for maybe a little larger anchor. Instead of the plastic variety, George, you might want to check out uh, ones that may, with those little butterfly expanders. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, or uh, th- there are versions that have a, a metal. It, it's kind of a split metal shaft. And when you tighten the screw, that 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 metal, those four metal strips distort behind the drywall. You follow me? And yep, kind of fan out and make a, a big wide anchor. So there's another alternative. So if you could try anchors that are just a little bit bigger than what you had, but you can maintain that hole by just driving that right back into the wall. Yeah. I'll give it a try. Thanks, Ken. You appreciate got it. it. Glad appreciate, you called. Appreciate your show. Oh, thank you All so right. much. I appreciate it, George. Good luck with that. Yeah, that's painter thought he was being helpful and um he was a little too helpful i guess huh anyway yeah would you say oops chris yeah yeah there you go anyway let's see what we got here george that was a, that was a great question uh as a matter of fact i saw i guess this was on facebook I, you know i go on facebook you're on facebook too aren't you chris kind of nah. yeah i go on to see what my grandkids and kids are up to that's my story i'm sticking to it uh but i saw there's a lot of interesting. I'm a railroad guy, so I'm a I I've clicked enough on railroad old railroads in Colorado, uh, pictures of steam engines going up Ute Pass, those kinds of things that are a lot of fun, and um, uh, that's the kind of thing I get. Whatever you're interested in, Facebook will figure it out and keep sending you links. Well, I guess I'd clicked on enough construction links, and George, if you can find this, uh, gosh, I'll turn the break. I'll see if I can give you a link it had all the different kinds of anchors uh that uh, are available at the hardware store and it showed them being installed in a cutaway look uh at, you know in other words they made a, a fake drywalled wall with studs and two layers of drywall and then from a side view you could see what happens behind the drywall when the anchor went in and if i can find that that would be a great not just for george but for all of you to know what kind of anchor to buy in the first place so there's a lot of different kinds of very clever drywall anchors and also hooks if you want to hang stuff those uh the big old hurricane hooks uh, i like the super super hooks there's a lot of names for them the big curved ones it's like you took a piece of of wire from a coat hanger and bent it into a big half circle and it goes into a very tiny hole in the drywall and you can hang incredibly heavy stuff on those, I have my clocks at home hung on them. I think one name is Hurricane Hooks. Check those out. If you have something heavy to hang, nothing like it at all. 719-473-1240. Uh, real quick here, Randy says, I have the old vermiculite insulation in my attic. I've heard that it may contain asbestos. Should I remove it? Vermiculite is that kind of expanded mica-type material that they heat and it puffs up. It was very popular back in the... I guess the the fifties, forties, and fifties, but you should not remove it, Andy. Uh, it it there there Randy rather. Um, there are some versions of this that was mined up in Montana had some asbestos in it, and you may or may not have it. I wouldn't even test for it. Just leave it alone uh, and cover it over with new insulation. Why would you want to bother to test it? Once you know, first of all, if you do test it, then you're going to have to disclose it. When you sell the house, but if you don't know what it is, just as vermiculite, just cover it with a layer 
of fiberglass or cellulose insulation. You just put up what we call a cap right over the top, and you want to shoot for a total thickness of about 15, 16 inches. So you'd never want to remove insulation because it, it would get all kinds of contaminants in your house. And in this case, you could have asbestos. Go ahead, Chris. Well, especially if you have uh, asbestos, and then you have to get somebody professionally in to get that out. To mitigate it. Exactly. Yeah, and then you'd have to disclose it uh, to a future buyer. And the and I don't know, there may be some disclosures by the mitigation company uh, that would be public record in your homeowners. And, you know, you'd, you just don't want to go there. Exactly. You just cover it over. Never remove insulation. So once you cover it with cellulose or fiberglass, as I say, up to a level of about 15 inches, uh, you're fine. Just let it sit up there because it's not part of the indoor air environment of your house. It's the attic excuse me, the attic air mass if separate from the house. So not to worry about that. But yeah, the vermiculite is kind of an interesting material. Again, if you know, remember mica, I don't know if you, you'd see mica when you were a kid and various rocks and so on. You can chip it off with a hammer and, and it's it's kind of silvery and, and big layers. Well, they t- would take this vermiculite product and puff it up with heat and it had good insulation qualities to it. Never really caught on, thank God, but there is enough of it out there that you need to be concerned uh, about it. 719-473-1240. Time for another break. We'll be back after that with your phone calls and some more email right after this. Hey, be honest now. How's your house look? Is it you know, kind of look tired and uh, looks older than its actual age? Well, I want you to call Dutch's Home Improvement because for not a lot of money, you can get a facelift with some new energy-efficient vinyl windows, maybe some new siding from Dutch's Home Improvement. They carry window siding, doors, and patio covers. They've been around over 30 years. I know you've seen their name around town. They're they're kind of the premier home improvement company in the Springs, of course, fully licensed and insured. And if you have ugly old windows, wood, steel, or aluminum windows from bygone years, you're wasting a lot of energy, winter and summer. So Get some new windows on your house. They carry all kinds of price ranges and the best installers in town at Dutchess. They can get you fixed right up with some energy-efficient windows and help you save money from now on. So give them a call, 719-392-1369. Tell them I sent you, DutchessHomeImprovement.com or 719-392-1369. Save energy. Call Dutchess. Need help with your next home project? Back to Around the House with Ken Moon. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. Welcome back. Nine minutes before the hour. We'd love to hear from you today if you want to check in with us, 719-473-1240. This is a a little quickie here from Fred. Uh, I had a water leak in, in a flip house that I'm trying to sell. Okay. All right, so far so good. It ran down the basement walls. We caught it quick, cleaned up everything, redid the drywall. The buyer now wants a mold inspection by a restoration company. Is there a way to tell if we have a problem? <clears throat> well, you may not be able to turn down the the mold inspection, but he, here's the logic that I can share with you. If you if you wait 30 days, if you have if, if you can wait a month or even 2 or 3 weeks would work, but if you don't see any mold formation, on the walls and ceiling where you know the water was, you're probably okay. Our our humidity here is so low that mold never gets a foothold as long as you've dried it up quickly, which you said you had. 
Remember that mold, like we were just talking about with insulation, mold you can't see is not part of your indoor air environment, so you're not breathing it. Plus, any growth that have may have started in, in the walls is died off now because without a moisture source, source um, fungi like mold and mildew can't grow and live and thrive. So, you know, most older homes, if you could tear them apart or had a Superman's X-ray vision and seen uh, watching the wall and ceiling cavities, probably there is mold, but it's not, again, part of the indoor air environment. And the other thing about mold testing is it's very, very catch-as-catch-can. Mold spore colonies tend to move from place to place in the house, so you can have a false positive, false negative, and it's just a waste of money. If you can't see mold, it's not part of the indoor airspace. So I don't want to tell you what to do on this real estate deal, but you might uh, ask the the buyer, the buyer's agent, can we just wait? And if there's no mold seen, it's fine. And again, if you get to it quickly, and it sounds like you got right on top of it, there's just not enough time for mold to have a foothold. Were you going to well, the question that I had was, what about if you have a potential customer that does have allergies in regarding to uh, sensitivity to mold or something like that? You know, that's, that's something you might have to might have to um, go with that test anyway, right? That's what I just said. Yeah, that they you may not be able to. He may not be able to get out of it. Yeah. Fred was that the guy's name? Yeah, he may not be able to get out of it. They may insist on a mold test. And you're right, Chris. Uh, some people are the good news is it's only about according to the last research I saw about 10 to 15 percent of the population has mold allergies but again if you can't see it then you're not breathing it uh, and you may be dealing with somebody just to jump on your point that won't be talked out of it but then if you have <clears throat> the problem is if you have a mold testing company come in come in there, and they find a positive mold test, but there's no mold that you can see, then what do you do? Do you repaint the whole house? Is it then part of the history of the home with the homeowner's insurance company? It can be kind of a mess. Again, if behind sinks, toilets, laundry, uh, if you can't see mold and mold stains, then you're not. there's no mold in the house. But yeah, you're right. You may not be able to get out of it. And um, but if the mold company comes in there and detects mold spores, it could be because the house has been closed up. If it's a vacant house, sometimes the air gets stale and there's mold spores can accumulate because they're all around us, right? And whether they're part of the of, of the just air stream of food that's brought in there and and um, uh, wet clothing and wet dogs and cats and those kinds of things, there are mold spores. In pretty much every house, so it would be a, a, a test that would be. Uh, I wouldn't trust the test. Anyway. Well, but then what about in situations where we just had, uh, like in some areas, like in San Di- uh, San Diego, where they had a lot of flooding, and or, or in this in the southeast where they just had a lot of rain and stuff yep. like that. You figure that would be more susceptible to mold prone air uh, mold prone areas. Yeah, because of high humidity. Yeah, I think there's a couple of stories. One involved, I believe, Ed McMahon, Johnny Carson's sidekick. Do you remember that story in California? He had um, some kind of mold issue, and there was a big lawsuit. There was another one in Texas, uh, a huge lawsuit of 
uh, somebody uh, had a, a big mansion and it was full of mold and they bought it and they sued the insurance company and the and the the realtors and the seller and all that stuff. So a couple of high profile lawsuits, I think back in the early 90s, late 80s, and I believe Ed McMahon was involved in one. I don't want to tell tales here. Of course, he is has passed away, but you might be able to find that, Chris. But mold is the M word, the dreaded M word is it's to me. It becomes one of those like a little bit like radon and lead paint. Americans never run out of things to worry about. And, and when the attorneys uh, and the regulators and the government get a hold of an issue, of course, it gets magnified out of proportion. And uh, mold is with us and is ubiquitous. It's everywhere. The old thing about leave a piece of cheese or a piece of bread on the counter and it'll turn moldy. Uh, so, yeah, in high humidity areas, Chris, I would not want to be a home inspector in, in a place like Louisiana or somewhere where it's all around because there's so much ambient moisture. We're lucky here in the Rockies to have low ambient uh, humidity, which means that mold and mildew can't get a foothold. Uh, I'll give you an example that everybody encounters. If like a, a, a married couple showers every day, uh, two showers a day, seven days a week, um, after every four or five, six months, there'll be mold down there in the corners where the tile meets the, the shower or the tub base. That's an example of you just have to scrape it out, throw it away, and renew the renew the caulking. So there is mold, and that's water-induced mold because there's constant moisture feeding it. And that's why it's good to get a good quality caulk in the bathroom like that has a built-in mildicide and, and chemicals that uh, will um, prevent uh, or discourage the formation uh, of mold. So, yeah, those that's it's, it is a problem. Did you find that yet? Seven point two million dollar lawsuit in two thousand three. That was Ed McMahon. Yes. Yeah, okay. Very good. Out in California, someplace. Uh, did he sue the insurance company or the sellers or b- both? I think I'll have to look at it. Some yeah, more. I'd look at it some more. Anyway, that was a high profile case that, of course, kind of was the beginning of all this dreaded M word thing that. I think it's gotten a little bit out of hand, but we can talk about that and whatever else is on your mind in the second hour, right around the corner after the news, 719-473-1240, and live email at aroundthehouse.com, right here on Around the House. minutes after the hour on the around the house program welcome back part two we'd love it if you check in with us 719-473-1240 whatever's going on around your house if you have a plumbing issue like a frozen pipe kind of idea maybe call my buddies at three amigos plumbing would be a good thing to do up in uh, casper want to shout out to our ktwo listeners if they were glad you're there i know they time shift the show we're live at one one o'clock mountain and you guys hear it at four but that's fine we'd love it if you'd Check, you can always email me during the week or check in with us at 1 if you want to give us a call, 719-473-1240. I would uh, figure most of your uh, people, from your friends from Casper, probably would send in via the email route. Probably so, yeah. yeah. I get lots of email, and I share them with you here on the on the show, yeah. But if you want to go on the radio and be famous, you can call at 1 o'clock, right, Chris? Here's a, um, 
Yeah, I have. A, I do have a lot of friends in Casper. I used to, for for about twenty years in a row, give or take. I would go up to their spring home show, Casper Event Center, way up there in the hill above the city, and I made lots of friends up there. It's a great town, one of that small town Americana thing, with just some good people up there. Have you spent any time in Casper? A uh, couple years ago, trying to uh, maybe catch a baseball game once yeah, in a while, but yeah. they have a rookie league team there typically is oh it's independent ball now is so. it okay is yeah. it okay um casper was it casper ghosts once upon a time is it still yes okay? yeah that team eventually moved to grand junction oh but it's now they have an independent team up there now so there's no question you're going to ask about baseball that chris doesn't know anyway i, I ran across this and i want to share this with you because it's so it, it, I just love these uh, kinds of you, – you'll get the idea. These are called laws of nature, kind of offshoot of Murphy's Law that a, a listener named Pat sent to me. And I just think this is these are so fun that I would like to share it with you. These are various laws that I know affect you in your daily life, okay? You got the premise now on that. The law of mechanical repair. After your hands become coated with grease or soapy water, your nose will begin to itch and you'll have to pee. Those kinds of things, right? Law of gravity, any tool, nut, bolt, screw when dropped will roll to the least accessible corner under your workbench. That happens to be a batteries, another one that, that roll and roll and roll under your car if it's in the garage, right? Law of gravity. Law of probability, the probability of being watched is directly proportional to the stupidity of your act. The law of random numbers, if you dial a wrong number, you never get a busy signal or a hang up and someone always answers when you don't want them to supermarket lo- uh, law this is again uh, how many times happened to me as soon as you get in the smallest line the cashier will have to call for help uh law of close encounters the probability of meeting someone you know increases dramatically when you're with someone you don't want to be seen with in the first place uh law of the result when you try to prove to someone that a machine won't work it will work right chris Law of biomechanics, the severity of the itch is inversely proportional to the reach. <laughs> that, that I, I like that one. You'll like this, Chris. The law of the theater and hockey arena. At any event, the people whose seats are furthest from the aisle always arrive last. These are the ones who will leave their seats several times to go to the toilet to get a beer and who will leave early before the end of the, the game. The folks in the aisle seats come early, never move once, have long gangly legs or big bellies, and stay to the bitter end of the performance. The aisle people also are very surly. So there you go. That's yeah. You've seen mm-hmm. that before, right? Murphy's Law of Lockers. If there are only two people in a locker room, they will have adjacent lockers. Two or three more of these. Let's see what else we have here. Law of Physical Surfaces. The chances of an... <laughs> this is pretty good. The chances of an open-faced jam sandwich landing face down on a floor is directly proportional to the newness and cost of the carpet or rug. Um, that's the other thing about it. if you tape a, a jam sandwich to the top of a cat and drop it, which way does it land? Right, that's, that's, a, that's an old that's that's a metaphysical question, right? Brown's law of physical appearance: if the clothes fit, they're ugly. There's two more of these. I, I just love these. Wilson's Law of Commercial Marketing Strategy. Again, it's happened to me many times. As soon as you find a product you really like, they stop making it. And uh, uh, the Doctor's Law, this is a good one to end with. 
If you don't feel well, make an appointment to go to the doctor. By the time you get there, you'll feel better. But don't make an appointment and you'll stay sick. This has been proven over and over with taking children to the pediatrician. I like those. Those are really good. I, I There's no author's uh, you know credit I can give on those, but I just think those are terrific. So, But it's kind of interesting with groceries and cashiers. And now they're becoming fewer and fewer and I know. far between. So. Yeah, they really are. You know, I used to complain and fight against that checkout thing of doing it myself. But now, you know, I can check out pretty fast and I'm out of there, particularly with the guns. When you used to have to scan over the glass and put it in the bagging area, Boop. that's slow. But now Boop. I don't even take stuff out of the cart. You, you too? Yeah, I, 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 I got to get some uh, wrist... <laughs> Is exercises in there with the boop the scanners yeah, yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah. So anyway, those are those are good laws. I I thought those were pretty cute. Seven one nine four seven three twelve forty. Here's a thing um this week that you know it just it's it's endless with this energy thing. You know, CO two is plant food. Get rid of CO two and we all die because you can't grow anything. You can't grow food to eat or for cattle to eat or chickens to eat or anything else. And CO2 is not a harmful pollutant, as people would say, but we, we just are, we're just tying ourselves in knots. Here's another thing, uh, and, and, and these moves that the government keeps making will not reduce CO2 concentrations. The, by the way, the Antarctic and Arctic ice, fine. The polar bears are fine. There are less severe storms than there used to be, not more. Wildfires seem to be... Are getting worse, but they are only because people build in wildfire-prone areas, and the power companies can't mitigate. It, there's just it's just endless. Here's another one today. Uh, or, I'm sorry, Friday, the Biden administration halted permits for new liquefied natural gas export projects. Climate politics has become the tail wagging the dog on the administration's economic and national security issues. President Biden isn't running for re-election. Climate lobbyist Bill McKibben and his TikTok army are. You'll see what I mean here in a minute. This is from the Wall Street Journal today. The pause on the new LNG, liquid natural gas terminals. Of course, you liquefy natural gas and put it in ships and take it places uh, because the world really depends on natural gas. Um, uh, The uh, pause on the LNG, liquefied natural gas approvals, sees the climate crisis for what it is, the existential threat of our time. Everything's existential existential meaning uh it's it's a threat to humankind and mankind everything if everything's existential how can anything be existential anyway we will heed the cause president biden said of young people and frontline communities who are using their voices to demand action uh eliminating fossil fuels tiktok users dictate u.s policy here's the headline press reports say biden advisor and John Podesta paused, pushed for the pause, uh, which gets ready for an outright ban after TikTokers made stopping LNG exports a cause celeb. Mr. Biden's advisors at the White House even met with a TikTok climate in- influencer. I'd like to see whoever that was. The administration hopes its climate gesture will boost Biden's reelection chances. Global demand for natural gas is expected to rise 46% by 2050 as countries industrialize and shift away from coal. They don't want coal, but now apparently they don't want natural gas either. So I guess we're down to 
to hamsters on treadmills and windmills and solar panels. The climate lobby doesn't care that some, listen to this statistic, 2.3 billion people in the world still cook with open fires or stoves that burn wood, coal, biomass, or kerosene. Developing countries want natural gas to escape poverty, which is another reason uh, why LNG demand is expected to supply for decades. So guess who's going to jump into the breach here when we quit exporting it? It's going to be Russia and China. So the beat goes on and this never-ending thing about climate change. Not one of these efforts is going to make any difference in the temperature in 100 years because we don't know what it, we can't even tell the temperature a week from Tuesday. So isn't that interesting? Uh, we're getting rid of LNG terminals, which means you know our, our our economy will suffer because we make money as we export natural gas. So go figure, as they say. We want EVs, but we're knocking down power plants. I saw this week, Chris, they're just starting. I didn't look when I went by to knock down those big uh, smokestacks at the power plant here. Yes, they're, they've already started the first phase with the um, first tower of the Martin Drake power plant. They're in the process of getting, all, uh, I think, the second tower done by March. Yeah. And they're looking at sometime by the end of the year to have the entire facility uh, completed. They're just taking them down brick by brick because of the asbestos. I'm yes. just disappointed. I think we talked about this last week. They're not going to blow them up and watch them fall. There are so many great videos on YouTube about knocking down chimneys and barns and well, I mean, but there's yeah. there's there's also programs like on the Discovery Channel. We got engineering disasters where people try to <laughs> try to uh, implode certain items and things just don't go the yeah, way I they know. want to. There's also videos on YouTube about uh, arborists cutting down the wrong side of a tree falls on a, on the house and all that. Yeah, I've seen all those, but most of those folks that knock down bridges and apartment buildings and office buildings. Um, that's a very scientific where to put those charges and what sequence they actually b- blow up. It's all computer controlled, and they they do a nice job. But you know, you just see them boom, 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 and it just implodes and, and and drops down in a cloud of dust. I love those videos. More times than often. What's that? More times. More times than, than often. Yeah, they yeah, do. There are there are situations. You know, a couple of years ago when they had the uh, the silver dome up in Pontiac, Michigan, they set off the first charges. Uh, to implode the stadium and it, it wouldn't budge, oh. you know. And then they had to do a second round, you know. And then you see uh, stories where they're trying to tear down this silo and they want to go to go to the right and it ends up falling yeah. the opposite direction. direction into a building that a cultural. Uh, this one story I saw it ended up going into a cultural center. I said, oh, that didn't work right. <laughs> well, how'd you? Here's here's a. Question of the hour. How'd you like to be the second crew that has to go in after the first charges didn't work? Is it going to come down or not and, and put the new charges in? Anyway, but most of those work very well because they're very carefully planned and, and computerized, as I say, and so on. Anyway, so these chimneys here in town, for those of you that are, aren't familiar with Colorado Springs, the Martin Drake Power Plant, which is a 100-year-old plant, is the center of town is being dismantled and... Um, uh, brick by brick with these big old chimneys that are coming down so we uh because of those potential asbestos concerns yeah, they yeah, wanted to yeah. um uh take it nice and slow to make sure that we yeah. don't have any airborne pollutants i'm sure stuff. they're hosing it down because that's the the secret with asbestos keep it wet right we've talked about that many times when it comes to indoor uh, plaster or old drywall homes lead paint and asbestos keep it wet 
and you'll be okay. 719-473-1240. Take a quick break. We'll be back right after that on Around the House. Give us a call. Also, live email at aroundthehouse.com. Hey, do you dread calling a plumber because you know you're going to get a big, huge bill at the end and uh, there'll be hidden fees and charges? Well, I want you to call Three Amigos Plumbing, a fun name for a seriously professional plumbing company. These are a veteran-owned company, local guys, great reputation, and they take pride in the fact there's no hidden fees, no sticker shock when you get the bill from Three Amigos. They carry Bradford White and Ream Water Heaters, my favorite brands, and if you live in an older house, you need to get that sewer checked out. They'll do it for free. Run a TV camera through your sewer when you hire them to clean uh, the line. So from a leaky faucet to a frozen pipe or, or a new water heater, you can't do better than to call Three Amigos Plumbing. Honest, upfront pricing, veteran-owned Local folks, these are great guys, and I want you to call them at 719-597-6763. 597-6763. Three Amigos Plumbing, no sticker shock when you get the bill. These are good guys, and I want you to call them Three Amigos Plumbing. Things break around the house. That's why there's the Around the House program with Ken Moon. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. 23 minutes after the hour on the Around the House program. If you want to give us a call, we'd love it. 719, as Laura just said, 473-1240. Rick says, I have a mobile home and a man. We, we, it's better, more classy, Rick, to say manufactured home, but that's okay. What's the preferred method to keep the water pipes from freezing? Modern heat cables are just the ticket. Like heat tape is another word for them. Uh, and... Uh, they they work really well in environments like you're talking about because they come with a built-in computer, a little a little circuit board, if you will, uh, that's at the beginning of the when you where you plug it in, and it keeps track of the temperature. And when the temperature gets below about, I think it's 37, most of them come on. Then the heat tape heat cable kicks on. Um, you see, a lot of people will wrap heat cable with insulation and duct tape. Most manufacturers discourage that because you don't want to, uh, you don't want to, first of all, wrap the tape on the heat tape on top of itself because you get a hot spot. You don't want to have it get too hot with insulation. Just follow the manufacturer's instruction uh, and leave them plugged in year round. They're really a great way to protect piping under a manufactured home. Of course, I know you have skirting around your manufactured home to keep the wind from blowing in there and i'm sure you have some ins if you don't have insulation uh, on the inside of the skirting uh, you might do that you could use some styrofoam if you wanted to although it's um uh, you know it's better to use some kind of bat insulation like fiberglass but the heat tape heat cable is a it's just good stuff it's good to use in gutters you can drop it down the downspouts many of you have uh, a north-facing front door and you have a gutter and a downspout up there along the front sidewalk. Well, it, it gets no sunlight, so it freezes, and the water freezes in the bottom of the downspout and creeps upward, gets in the gutter so the gutter doesn't drain. And then when the snow melts, it overflows and gets on the sidewalk, and you have a skating rink. It becomes a real mess. So when that ice finally melts, you can get heat cable and drop it right down into the downspout and lay it along the gutter itself. And you'll have to find a place to plug it in. That's the hard part. You might have to drill a hole into the garage or something. But that way, that you leave that heat cable plugged in all the time, and that 
that uh, heat cable will stay ahead of the ice and snow formation. It will melt uh, whatever's in there and keep that gutter clean. You won't have a skating rink uh, by your front door anymore. So I think that's it's it's, it's a, a pretty good stuff. You can buy it online uh, in various lengths and so on. But heat cable or heat tape, as some people call it, is just the ticket. Uh, Elsa says, I have a natural gas heater that smells. This this can be common with older uh, water heaters. A uh, heater that smells when it starts up, sometimes when it runs, has kind of a burnt smell. Um, what what can I do about it? Well, um, water heaters, they they do smell a little bit. There can be a the, – the more typical complaint I hear is when the water heater starts, you get a, a natural gas kind of smell. Um, the There can be a little bit of a – pushback or flashback from the burner when it initially ignites because that flue is cold and the the heat has a hard time getting up to draft quickly that smell usually goes away a burnt smell uh usually means dust particles contaminants pollution that's inside on that burner that are being uh, chewed up or, or combusted by the flames that's the typical smell uh like in a fireplace or furnace when we start it up for the season, uh, it, it it should be um, uh, you, you should be uh, not be not smelling that uh, burnt smell uh, after you know any t- length of time uh, goes by. Um, I think maybe when you say natural gas heater, maybe you're talking about the the furnace. I I was thinking water heater, but maybe it's maybe you're, you mean the furnace. Um, uh, that could be another problem that can be more serious because if you have odor in the house, and if you do mean when you say, let me read this again, Chris, I have a natural gas heater that smells when I start up. Probably not a water heater, probably a furnace. Anyway. Yeah, furnace. Yeah, probably is a furnace. So you want to get that checked right away because if you're smelling any kind of an odor, that could mean that you're getting a backup of the flue pipe going out to uh, the outside up to the roof. So you could get a little carbon monoxide in the house. So, yeah, I would get a heating contractor in there like now, like right away, Monday morning, to make sure you don't have carbon monoxide in there's enough. Sometimes it can be that the furnace room is starved for air. Sometimes it can just be an old furnace that needs to be replaced. Uh, but you don't mess around with that. But uh, the, the burnt smell, again, should go away rather quickly. And the natural gas smell may be... Maybe each time the the furnace or water heater starts, that little bit of, and it isn't a lot, a little bit of natural gas odor is normal for both of those appliances. But, yeah, if you mean, when you say heater, if you mean furnace, I'd get that checked right away. And, of course, Elsa, you, you uh, this goes without saying, I'm sure, at your house, you have a carbon monoxide detector. If you don't, you need to get one right away. I would run out and get one, like, right now. It should go... Uh, up near your bedrooms and probably down near the furnace room. So uh, that, you know, usually the furnace room is not somewhere we want to really keep track of. We, we're worried about you when you sleep. But if you're smelling kind of odd smells in your utility room, I'd get a carbon monoxide down there also just to be safe. So there you go. Uh, just um, sort of a follow-up on that. Uh, I Earlier in the week, I was uh, went to visit my parents home they they were just getting ready to go to bed and then all of a sudden when i open the door all of a sudden i get that natural gas smell uh-huh. and, and then i happen to notice that one of the burners in the gas range 
inadvertently was left open. Oh boy! And and it really scared me there. So, uh, what is the normal time to blow out the extra gas smell in the house there, so we don't have? Uh, yeah, I would. I, I think you just need to ventilate until you don't smell it anymore. And by the way, what, what is? I mean, but what is like the normal time? What fifteen, twenty minutes? Oh, I would say ten or fifteen minutes. Yeah, if right. you get a, a a fan like a box fan blowing out the front door. Getting air pulled in and blowing out, yeah. Oh, that's that's not a good thing. Um, is that something typical for them, or is it a one-time I, deal? It was one of those strange instances. All of a sudden, they might have just bumped the uh, yeah. the range or something like that, and opened up a pilot or something like that. Well, but let I me just... make Chris a recommendation. You can buy uh, a combustible gas detector and carbon monoxide detector all in one unit. The Nighthawk people make that. And so propane, natural gas, any uh, organic material, that any uh, combustible-type material uh, that would cause a hazard, it will start screaming a uh, siren or whatever. So if they ever do that again, you might want to, you know what I would probably do? I'd put a combustible gas detector in the kitchen. If they did it once, they might do it again. So, yeah. That's, okay. Yeah, good idea. Very, yeah, that's a little scary. Uh Speaking of gas stoves, I ran into my neighbor. I went out for a walk this morning. Two doors down, my neighbor is really a nice guy, and and he's all excited and uh, is remodeling his kitchen. And he ran out and got himself a gas stove. He said, he said to me, before the outlaw, I'm going to get myself a gas stove. And I said, buddy, that's fine, but you may be already on somebody's list in Washington D.C. This this uh, miscreant, this communist this crazy guy got himself a new gas stove anyway uh you watch they'll try to outlaw those one of these days we've already talked uh, about that but anyway 719-473-1240 time for a break we'll be back right after this right here on around the house stick around Hey, I'm looking at this beautiful brochure of Wayne Dalton Sales and Service, uh, the doors they have down there at their showroom. And if you think garage doors have to be boring and ugly, guess again. They have great styles of these impression plank doors in contemporary, traditional looks. And the garage door is such a big part of the street scene of your house. You want a nice-looking one? Get a hold of Wayne Dalton, Sales and Service, 1847 South Murray. You can stop by on the way to the airport there. You know, well, the old airport, actually, on Fountain Boulevard. Go south uh, to 1847 South Murray and see their showroom. They have genie openers there, but these wonderful impression plank doors uh, that uh, are on sale right now, 150 off a double, 75 off a single. So you can get an uh, industry-best efficient polyurethane-injected door That'll save energy at your house and make it look prettier and younger than it actually is. Wayne Dalton Sales and Service. Give him a call, 719-382-9227. Fix-It videos can be so confusing. Let Ken Moon walk you through it on Around the House. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. Thank you, Laura. 23 minutes before the hour on the Around the House program. Chris just brought up a great topic uh, that I want to just follow up on. Combustible gas detector. If you've got a, a gas stove at your house and you've got maybe some elderly people, as we were just discussing with Chris, or little kids... Uh, or, you know, medium kids that can, you know, six, seven-year-old boys are always fiddling with things and all that. Yeah, turning things on and off. A combustible gas detector in a home with a 
uh, with a gas range is probably a pretty good investment. Do you find one, Chris? Because they're 20 or 30 bucks, aren't they? Something like that, give or take. Okay, very good. So uh, speaking of household hazards, Don wants to know, here's an email, what kind of uh, fire extinguishers should I have around the house? Um, there are two kinds, basically, but actually only one kind that most people use. The ABC fire extinguisher uh, is the type to have on each level of your home, plus in the garage. Type A fires are paper and wood. Bs are liquids like gasoline and paint thinner. And C is for electrical fires uh, where wires, live wires may be involved, that kind of thing. You can find them uh, two and a half pound, five pound models for you know, 25, 30 bucks, or a little more online. Uh, the, um, uh, the the kit of folks, K-I-D-D-E, who make smoke and carbon monoxide detectors also make uh, uh, fire extinguishers. ABC is good. There's a second extinguisher called Type K, handles grease fires in the kitchen. It's a dry chemical thing that smothers hot flaming grief, grease instead of spattering it. Uh, most people don't have that, just have the ABC. But here's the bottom line on fire and we've We've um, uh, talked to our fire department, Kathy, fire department person, about this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fire departments, of course, are big fans of household fire extinguishers. But here's the deal. Before you grab the extinguisher, you call 911 to get the firefighters on the way in case the fire extinguisher doesn't work or you can't get it to smother the fire. So 911 first and grab your extinguisher and and use that. And, you you know, you want to... Make sure everybody in the household that's you know above a certain age, twelve or thirteen or whatever, knows how to where the extinguishers are and how to use them. Usually, there's a pin you pull and you squeeze the trigger. That kind of thing. There are certain kids you might not want to show that to, but <laughs> I'll leave that up. Uh, leave that up to you. Seven one nine four seven three twelve forty. And here's an interesting one. Joel says I bought some pre-finished hardwood flooring. How long should I? Let it sit before I start to lay it down. Uh, pre-finished flooring is not as risky as regular site-installed raw hardwood flooring, uh, which we want to season for three or four weeks uh, in our particular climate. Here's the thing about hardwood flooring that you know it's the we harvest the wood up in the you know northy northwest somewhere, British Columbia, Washington State, up up that way where there's more humidity. We want to season the wood in our environment here, which is a dry environment. Let it shrink up and react and uh, to whatever it's going to do in the warehouse before we install it. Otherwise, it'll shrink after it's installed and make a mess and crack and big wide gaps and so on. Pre-finished flooring is a little bit of an exception because it's already been processed by the factory and has a, a coating of, of uh, stain and varnish put on it. So you know, Joel, I wouldn't be as concerned about pre-finished flooring as I would be of the raw site-finished flooring, which you wouldn't be doing anyway. So, you know, I would let it, you know, let me let me just split the difference here and say, uh, let it sit in your garage uh, for oh, a week to two weeks. Uh, actually, put it in the house this time of year because you want it to warm up to room temperature. Um, you know, it... it, it just a, just a week or so, maybe two weeks, would be plenty. Uh, but it's not as worrisome as it would be if it's a if it's a raw floor, right? You know, from the from the lumber mill out out here. And most of most of the installers here in town will let it season and sit in the warehouse because they're aware of these issues, of course, and they don't want uh, additional problems with the floor uh, they install. So 
There you go. 719-473-1240 is our telephone number. I want to remind you of the podcast, uh, which uh, Chris will put up within an hour or two after we go off the air. There are uh, about 20, uh, 18 or 20 months worth of, uh, of podcasts online now at the krdo.com slash radio website. Am I right? Got that right, Chris? Mm-hmm. Slash radio? Yeah. Or my website, aroundthehouse.com. Just click on listen to podcasts so you can download them segment by segment. We get a lot of good response with our podcast. A lot of you are using it, downloading it. We're so grateful uh, for that. So they are online, and we'd love it if you'd check in and grab one on your own, right? Sometimes with these early games, CC hockey games, you might have to give me a little extra leeway on the oh, uh, download on, time. Man. A little bit. Not a multi, got a multitask here. No, yeah, I, I know. know. I mean, you no, know, we we're we're fine. All right, let's say two or three hours. How does that sound? That'll work. After we don't get off the air, we won't hold you to it anyway. Seven one nine four seven three twelve forty. Crystal says, "I'm cleaning my mother's house to sell it. What's the best way to clean the wooden uh, kitchen cabinets?" Um. A lot of choices here. You can start with good old white vinegar, um, uh, which which will degrease a lot of the cabinet surfaces, get off the pollution and the fingerprints and so on. Uh, or a wood conditioner product. I like Scotch Liquid Gold. Old English is pretty good. Scotch Liquid Gold is a good a good product. Um, the, any of these are good at removing the the pollution um, that you're asking about. You know that uh, over time they just cabinets get smudged and. They get dirt on them and fingerprints and grease and so on. Um, for really um, uh, stubborn areas, you can use goof-off, which is sort of like what we used to call lighter fluid, but it is. It's a solvent or mineral spirits. Uh, they work very well. They're, they're the best degreasers around. The problem is they're very stinky. You, uh, you want to ventilate the kitchen big time, take frequent breaks, uh, and be careful because they're they're flammable, so you don't want to, you know, risk any kind of a fire explosion. Um, so, um, uh, if you if you get too frisky with the with the the mineral spirits or goof off, you could end up with flat spots in the cabinets. You know, it'll be shiny and then flat because um, uh, you know just because you've removed part of the glossy surface of the cabinet doors and drawers. In that case, you can use one of the many stain wax. Products like Minwax has a combination stain and finishing material you can brush on or wipe on. So, you know, but just be careful. The white vinegar, Scotch liquid gold, or Old English uh, should probably do the trick in most cases. So just be careful. Don't don't be, do a lot of scrubbing. Uh, try to use a microfiber cloth. If you have to use uh, one of those little uh, kind of plastic uh, uh, you know the little plastic scrubber, the the green ones. Uh, the, you can you know, scrubber pads. That was what I was looking for. You can use those, but I think just an ordinary microfiber rag will probably do the trick. You could try uh, if you really in stubborn cases. You could try the uh, the magic eraser, uh, the, the Mister Clean, and there are other brands of magic erasers that do a nice job. Also, speaking of that, I had a guy. I didn't bring this email with me. Uh, this week had a really stubborn toilet stain. He can't he can't figure out what to use to get rid of. He tr- said he's tried everything. The magic eraser can help with toilet stains. I, I, I'm gotten on a sidetrack here, but I want to make sure I didn't forget this. Also, oxalic acid based cleaners like Barkeeper's Friend and some other brands have oxalic acid. They work really well in plumbing fixtures, toilets, and so on. But that magic eraser, 
give that a try. That's it's kind of a, a kind of a miracle, a miracle product. 719-473-1240. We'll be back right after this. Take our last break of the hour right now on Around the House. What kind of windows do you have at your house? If you have old windows like the old clunkers, wood windows from the 80s, or maybe aluminum windows from the decades before that, you're wasting a lot of energy in the winter, of course, the big time right now we're in, but also in the summertime, too, if you have air conditioning. Get some new energy-efficient windows from my friends at Dutch's Home Improvement. Windows, siding, patio covers, doors, whatever you want for the exterior of your house, Dutch's is the company to go to. They have different lines of of uh, vinyl windows to fit any budget. They have the best installers in town. The point is you'll have a much more energy-efficient house after you have Dutch's come and, and put the new windows in. Maybe some new siding to give your house a true facelift. It'll look a lot younger than its actual age. So if you decided to stay put because of uh, crazy interest rates, call Dutch's Home Improvement. Facelift your house, make it more energy-efficient. Call them at 719 392 1369 for Dutch's Home Improvement. Got a fix it problem at your house? Ken Moon is here to help. Give him a call now at 719 473 1240. That's 719 473 1240. Welcome back. 10 minutes before the hour on the Around the House program. Good to have you with us here. 719 473 1240 and live email at aroundthehouse.com. Speaking of live email, Carl, who's a frequent contributor to the program, he heard my list about insults, subtle insults we did in the first hour before we had all the four-letter words that we have in our culture now. Carl had uh, sent one in. I really think this is cute. He has a room temperature IQ, and that's in Celsius. I love that. Very good, Carl. Carl's also, and I missed this last week, and I, I, you know, I've, Let's see here. Where did I put this? Oh, yeah. Last week, I was talking to Chris about there was a new moon, and my favorite time of the moon calendar, which is, what, 28 and a half days, uh, the new moon uh, is uh, uh, the second day of the moon. After the, the new moon is like day one. The second day after that, at twilight, the new moon sits on the edge of the mountains with the twilight behind it and this little sliver of a new moon and it's just such a beautiful thing. Uh, and I, Carl, and I didn't see this in time to get it on the air. And he wanted to remind me, and he's absolutely right. Um, you can see it actually, if you squint at the new moon, you see it looks like kind of a circle, and it's earth shine. Carl reminded me of this, and I was told him I was going to get it on the air this week because you're absolutely right. When you look at that moon, you see the sliver of the of the lit side of the moon, that tiny sliver. But you can see kind of the circle of the moon itself because the reflected light from the earth bouncing to the moon lights that up. So you're absolutely right, Carl. It makes it even more beautiful. That's my favorite moon of the month. My second one is the full moon, which we had on on Thursday. Uh, and it's called the, the January full moon. The Indian name for it is wolf moon, as I remember. There, there are 12 Indian names, beautiful names, uh, and very descriptive names for the full moon, the one my favorite is strawberry, and I think that's June. But the full moon on Thursday would have been called in the old days, or I guess still is now by the Farmer's Almanac, as the full wolf moon. Just thought you'd like to know that. Uh, stuff in my head, Chris, that nobody cares about, but there you go. Um, 
what do we got here? Cliff says, all of a sudden, our water pressure has dropped. Is this something to worry about? How can I get it back the way it was? <clears throat> well, uh, if it's, you, you sure it's it, it's the water pressure in the house? You know, sometimes a single fixture can act up. You got to replace the faucet or take it apart or clean the aerator. But if it's all the fixtures in the house uh, and, and the water pressure indeed has dropped, you need you'd be nice to measure it. Uh, you can get a water pressure gauge at the hardware store for ten or fifteen dollars, and just see. You want to put about fifty-five to sixty pounds per square inch, but let's assume that it is. It has dropped, and it's in all the fixtures in the house. So let's go from there. It could be the pressure regulator acting up in the utility room. That's the thing that drops the pressure down. It's a, a device that drops the pressure down to uh, a pressure that we can use in the house at 55 to 60 pounds otherwise you might have 100 150 even 200 pounds per square inch in the house which would be a disaster so what you do is there's a bolt on top of the pressure regulator it's a little device about the size of a soda pop can that sits on the water pipe right where the water comes in from the street up through the concrete basement floor at your house you'll see a device there with a bolt on top so what I would try to do, Cliff, is to turn the bolt a couple of turns to the right and then back a couple to the left. Make sure you get back to the starting point you were at originally. And that may free up sand or grit or debris that's in the pressure regulator that interferes with this operation. If that doesn't work, if it doesn't get the pressure back the way you where it used to be, you got to replace it. Um, if you know about pipe wrenches, you can buy a new pressure regulator for, I don't know, 60 bucks, 70 bucks, something like that at, at the ho- uh, hardware store or home center. <clears throat> and usually there's a couple of bolts that you unscrew, kind of, they're called unions. You just unscrew them with a pipe wrench and put a new pressure regulator in. Problem is you got to match up exactly dimension wise with what you have. So you have to take very accurate measurements of your existing pressure regulator, go down to the hardware store, try to find one that matches, and just a couple of pipe wrenches, unscrew those, turn the water off, of course, unscrew those bolts and put a new one in and be all all set to go. If not, a plumber will come and do that. You can call my buddies at Three Amigos Plumbing and they'll do that for you in, you know, half hour or so it'll be done. But the pressure regulator may be acting up. But it's also, it's very important, as it's important to know your own personal uh, uh, blood pressure, it's important to know the water pressure in your house because it's a very it's an, a good analogy because high blood pressure in your body or high water pressure in your house can be disastrous. And so it's good to know if you have 50 pounds, 100 pounds, 80 pounds in your house, get a pressure gauge, screw it onto the cold water um, faucet that feeds your washing machine is usually the most convenient place to do it. Measure the water pressure in your house, and that'll be it's good to know. It's good to know that you're okay or not. A 55, 60 pounds is about all you want in your house, okay? Let's see what else we got here. Uh, this is from Erica. I'm renting a place where the dryer vent runs into a bucket of water. Uh-oh, it makes the house warm and damp. No kidding. <laughs> what can we do to alleviate this? <clears throat> well, bottom, bottom, bottom line, every dryer vent has to run outdoors. No exceptions. Certainly not into a garage attic crawl space and certainly not into a bucket of water uh you're you're wasting energy your clothes are taking a lot longer to dry than they they should and you're adding moisture and lint into the house that you 
just don't want. And if you say you're renting the house, um, your landlord would not want to hear about the M word. We talked about mold about an hour ago, how that's become a disaster. Tell the landlord you're worried about the M word at your house, and he'll have a dryer vent in there before you can uh, snap your fingers. I, most landlords would not want to hear that M word. You know, my kids will get sick and all that. So you got to vent dryers outside for two or three reasons. First of all, <clears throat> you don't want that excess moisture and lint in the house. Secondly, it's much more efficient, of course, the clothes will dry quickly if, if the dryer vent goes outside. Not into a crawl space, which I've seen many times, not into the garage. You don't want lint in your car's engine. So you want to vent a dryer outdoors. It's a big, uh, big deal. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that to my attention because there's a lot of that. People vent them into a pantyhose. There's all kinds of schemes uh, to not vent a dryer outside, but that's not a not a good idea. Well, that's all she wrote for the program. We're coming to the end here. Uh, Chris Moore, thank you, as always, for your producing expertise and uh, getting ready for he's going to put on his um, sneakers and his CC Blazer T-shirt. Get ready for the game, right? Tiger sweater. Tiger sweater. Very good. CC Tigers hockey just around the corner here on KRDO in about a half hour. Very good. So thank you for all the great emails. If you want to get a hold of me during the week, it's around the house. God bless. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you right back here next Saturday on Around the House.